What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Today, we have a Wednesday everything, uh, because I kind of, as Sean will say on the podcast, and as I will, fell asleep Monday night and uh, miss Sean. But what can you do? We got everything for you today. Every sport that we talk about, pretty much, that's all I got to say. So enjoy the pod, and as long as I can stay awake, we'll be back with you guys next Monday. good how was yours it was very nice um very low-key nice and quiet it was very chill and then uh i can't believe that was a week ago i know right um i didn't think you were gonna throw me under the bus because you're usually a good guy but i was gonna throw myself under the bus and let's just say we had the pod scheduled for what 10 10 o'clock 10 30 and yeah i fell asleep on the couch what, what do you want me to say <laughs> Hey, I I said I was fine with it because I was shot too. Uh, yeah, I had a cup of coffee today, and I uh, I'm in a hotel room, but I made it a point to go do other things, even though I have nothing to do. Because <laughs> if I had gotten into bed, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. No, we learned that lesson already. Yeah. Um, and by the way, it has happened on the other end too. I know there were there have been times where you're like, all right, Sean, let's go. And I'm like, nope, uh, I'm absolutely <laughs> shot. Uh, and I got my coffee with me too, by the way. So we're, we're fired up and ready to go. And especially if fired up and ready to go, Tom, I'm glad you had a good Thanksgiving. College football has been absolutely on fucking fire. And since it's your new favorite sport, we got to lead with that. Yeah, if you would have told me a year and a half ago, two years ago, that we were leading with college football, I would have told you to go fuck yourself. But yeah, man. Um, oh, sure. I am kind of in on the drama. There's a, you know, a little bit. We could talk about the on the field after. There's a little more parity on the field uh, after what happened this past rivalry week. So that's good. Um, but we got to talk about the off the field stuff because it's more important and more headline worthy at this point. Um, leading off, we have uh, Lincoln Riley, who I've probably jokingly said future Dallas Cowboys head coach multiple times, but I was wrong on that one, and so was everybody else. It was future USC head coach, and Sean, this makes a ton of sense to me across the board. Um, for Lincoln Riley, um, I'm interested to see who Oklahoma can bring in going into the SEC. That's looming over their head in a few years, but let's talk about what happened there first. Yeah, so this shocked me. And Somewhat like said, cowardice move, by the way. Oh, sure. I mean, it always is. And I, I blame more so the institution that is college football for allowing sure. this to just be, you know, for coaches to just be poached while they're finishing a season in which they're, you know, they've given 95% of it to their players. I mean, you can't wait for another couple weeks. But Yeah, and for those who don't know, I mean, coaches can just be bought out at the drop of a hat. And it's not like they can be, you know, they're they're sitting duck and they they don't have a place to coach next year. He probably had like seven years left on his deal. 
Yeah, I don't know how much he still had at OU, but I think it was basically a lifetime deal if he wanted it. And I was yeah. in agreement with you. I, I felt like if he was ever going to leave there where he had it really damn good, it was going to be for doubt for Dallas and the Cowboys or another head coaching job in the NFL. And instead it's the Southern California to it, to a job and to a school that's been absolutely drowning since the uh, Pete Carroll, Reggie Bush cheating days. But um, for Oklahoma, Tom, they had to be blindsided by this for Lincoln Riley. I agree with you. It's a no brainer. I just want to read off a little bit of what he's getting for everybody, because in case you didn't see it, even 110 million, that's not too bad. A $6 million house in L.A., that's not too bad. And 24-7 unlimited use of private jet for him and his family. So you tell me that you wouldn't sign up for that. You're not getting And you forgot to mention the point that he gets to move from Norman, Oklahoma to Los Angeles. You you forgot to mention that. Well, I thought that was just obvious and went without saying. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why I think he moved on. Let's first of all let's talk about the Cowboys job, which is you know like a Lakers job, like a Yankees manager job in the past, not anymore because nobody gives a shit about baseball managers anymore. Great job when you're winning, but you know what? I mean people are making fun of Mike McCarthy and the coaches before him. Sean, I have I have up right now the two coaches before him records: Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett. And those guys, especially Jason Garrett, are absolute laughing stocks. And can you guess what their records are? Were they around 500 or slightly above 500? Wade Phillips, 82 and 64. Jason yeah. Garrett, 87 and 70. Finish yeah. off as winning coaches, but they're being treated as if they were Adam Gase. So I can understand from Lincoln Riley's standpoint why the fuck would I want to go to the NFL? When I can stay in college football, even if it's at Oklahoma, and be considered a god, have complete control, and recruit my balls off, and be in contention all the time. Now, the other thing is getting out of the SEC, which is. is another thing that makes a ton of sense to me, because Big 12, you're by far the best team in the conference. I mean, back in the day, Texas was was very good, and obviously every every six years we'll say including this year Oklahoma State is 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 up there as a team but aside from that you absolutely own the Big 12 so you're going from that to being what Sean probably off the top of my head even if you're at your best the fourth or fifth best team in the SEC yeah that's like I think that's a fair I mean, you got Alabama yeah. you got LSU you got Georgia Texas A&M's right there Florida's always good. Florida's always good. And then Auburn, again, is kind of like that Oklahoma State team where every four or five years they make a run with these blue-chip players. And Kentucky's low-key been pretty decent, too. Exactly. And and then you turn around and you go to the Pac-12 where what's, what's California known for? Quarterbacks. What's Lincoln Riley known for? Quarterbacks. I mean, Baker Mayfield, then Jalen Hurts, then Kyler Murray in back-to-back-to-back years. And the freshman, his name's deceiving me right now, is a stud. And Spencer Williams, who's in the transfer portal now, is a five-star as well. I don't really like him that much, but nonetheless, the talent's there. And if he can put a cap on that and go back to the Carson Palmer, Matt Liner years, where he's getting the best quarterback in the country, 
I think he's going to have a lot of success out there because aside from a Washington once in a blue moon, um, a UCLA if Chip Kelly can turn it around, and obviously in Oregon, I mean, he, he, they can easily win the Pac-12 every single year, and he can be dominant. Yeah, and you can put Did Utah I sum that up that well for too. you there? That was beautiful. Honestly, I I shed a tear. Like I was, I had a sip, a first sip of my coffee while recording, and I was like, that was, that was beautiful. I was passionate. That was elegant. That was well thought out. Thank that you. was well articulated. I, I'm, I, I'm almost speechless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the other thing too, Tom, is obviously I think the biggest, the two biggest factors are going to Southern California outside of Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. obviously not having to go to the SEC. I think those those are pretty obvious things to read into and, and to say, well, that's an obvious move, right? I think the other one, too, is he was realizing that even within the Big 12, that school is not good enough to beat the SEC teams on their own even in the next few years before they leave. But you know what's so, interesting like, to me is that the reason why they never won was because he was – I mean, the Big 12 isn't known for playing defense – but he was a terrible defensive coach and just a bad recruiter on that side of the ball. We need to see if that's going to get any better out there in Southern California. And he needs to, if he can't do it himself, he's got to hire somebody to do it. Well, he's got the opportunity to capitalize on a weak pool and a weak uh, competitive situation there, right? A lack thereof out in Pac 12. But if you're going to get just the same results you got at OU, you're going to get invited into, you know, the college football playoff discussion if you start having really good years. And you're going to still, you know, have the same results that you've been having. So I'm not 100% confident that this gets USC a national championship. But for where they've been, exactly, they're, they're Texas. They've been irrelevant, not bad, irrelevant for the last almost 20 years. And remember how that whole era ended. I mean, they had to strip their bunch of their wins. The national championship got vacated. Pete Carroll and Reggie Bush. Yep, the Heisman was gone. I mean, it really ended in flames. So that school that's been prominent, I mean, they are a blue-chip school. And like you said really, really well, a point I was going to make, too, was the quarterbacks that have left. I mean, you just look at Bryce Young in Alabama. He's from Pasadena, California. That's in the backyard of USC. You can't let those kind of guys go to Tuscaloosa, And that's one thing I will say is I don't think Lincoln Riley's going to let them get out of the state. No, well, and there's already a bunch of coaches in the transfer portal. Uh, there's another uh, situation here where he's taking his entire OU staff with him. So that's a really good sign. And a bunch of the players who had committed to Oklahoma are already decommitting. Some of them are going to USC. Caleb Williams, I think, will stick around. You mentioned Rattler, who's going to transfer. I don't think he's going to go uh, to USC. I don't know if uh, no, Lincoln no, no. Riley he's- wants him. No, uh, well, Rattler definitely won't. Uh, Caleb Williams, I think, is going to stay at OU, but they were recruiting another five-star quarterback, and I think he's probably going to stay. At least they have a really good chance to if he was going to Oklahoma for Lincoln Riley, which I would think so. He's not going there for Norman, Oklahoma. So it's going to be fascinating to see, man, but what a get for USC. I never saw this coming, and they finally got their coach. Even if it doesn't work out the way they want with multiple championships, they restored probably order and probably – respect and class back to a school that's had none of it for basically 20 years absolutely if 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 usc can have the run oklahoma's had in the past seven years i think any fan will sign up for that and the pac-12 is starving for that school like you said it's there for the taking oregon hasn't grabbed it 
Utah hasn't grabbed it. Washington never grabbed it. It's USC's now. It definitely is. Um, so that's our first big uh, coaching move out of the way. And now should we give the same amount of time that Brian Kelly gave to his team that he's been there for, <laughs> for what, 10 years now? Should we just give the four minutes that he gave to say goodbye? Uh, Brian, I think we can do that. <laughs> Brian Kelly moves on from Notre Dame to LSU. And optics aside, I think this is a great move for Brian Kelly. We talked about Oklahoma moving into the SEC. I think it's a much different ball game than it is LSU. LSU is probably the second best team at their best in that conference. And the only reason why they're not the best is because Saban's still down there in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, And he can recruit. And he can recruit better than he did when he had a team in the BCS championship game that got waxed by Alabama and two college football playoff appearances. Honestly, I think he can turn that into a championship. I think he can turn the talent that he got there into a little bit better and get himself a championship down in Baton Rouge. God, I'm on fire. You are absolutely on fucking fire, man. But this is beautiful. I think it's a good thing you got your rest the other night. Um, I'm not as I'm not as super confident in this hire as I was the Lincoln Riley USC pairing, and I'm, it's not because I don't think he's going to do a great job. But we've seen in the past, especially with LSU, the SEC and what that school's reputation is is so insane that he could do exactly what he's done and still get canned after a few years. Now, does he have a better chance to win a championship there than he did at Notre Dame? That's obviously true. But I don't know if they're going to have the patience for him. And the other thing, too, just This is the first coach, by the way. Sorry to interrupt you there. This is the first coach to leave Notre Dame on his own accord, meaning not getting fired, in like 50 years. Oh, yeah, it doesn't happen. And and he even said, which is part of what makes him a bad guy and a liar and why you can never – take these college coaches at their word is he said no absolutely not why would i ever leave i've got oh, everything please. i have here exactly anybody said that a week ago like he would have said that a week ago like two days before thanksgiving so obviously you can't take anything and i don't think he would have left for anything other than lsu it was just too tempting but dude they let go of ogeron who let them two years ago to the greatest season in college football yes history. but with that now, being granted, said he had all the other shit he's I don't even know if he's a bad guy or just out of his mind. Well, he's out of his fucking skull, but I'm saying that even one of them, nothing is more synonymous with each other than Ed Ogeron and LSU. So, I don't know. Brian Kelly doesn't really strike me as a Louisiana, Baton Rouge, LSU guy. Now, that will all be excused if he comes in and dominates and wins. But like you said, there's the there's the elephant in the room that is, and I use that meaning the Alabama mascot, it's staring him right in the face. Oh, stop plus sucking. A&M, plus A&M has Quit gotten a him. lot fucking better. I'm not going to do it. You already said that uh, they were really good too, so you're fine. Um, how can I How can I deny Texas that? A&M is really, really, really good now with Jimbo Fisher solidified there. As you said, Auburn always has their years. Florida, Mullen. Yeah, Ole Miss, by the way, if Kiffin stays, that's a really good school. We'll see if he moves on to Miami. So... There's not going to be a lot of patience there, though. Like, USC is starving, right? So even if it takes a year or two, they're going to, they're going to sit there. LSU is not very patient. If, if, if it doesn't 
start off really, really well, and he doesn't get a signature win or two under his belt in year one or two, they might be looking to move on, and they've got the boosters and the money to say, all right, fine, see ya. It's a gamble. It's a gamble that I think is will, it's, it's worth taking for Brian Kelly and LSU, but it's a gamble nonetheless, more so than the Lincoln-Riley hire, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you on that front. I was just making the point that I think he has he's going to be swimming in the talent pool where he can take what he's done in Notre Dame and take it to the next level. I'm not saying it's a better opportunity or an easier job. I think Lincoln Riley across the board got the easier job getting out of the SEC, getting to the West Coast, going to a down program. But I think Kelly's got the better opportunity to win a national championship there. Definitely, as we agree upon, a better one than he had in South Bend. And he gave South Bend everything he had, but at the end of the day, you can't turn down one of the best jobs in all of college football, honestly, in all of sports. The LSU head coaching job is is basically as good as it gets. I mean, they they were they kicked Les Miles to the curb after all the success he had there. So um, we'll see what happens. And then the last one is Billy Napier accepting the Florida job after a surprising Yeah, fire. I said Mullins. I I'm sorry, Mullins got fired. Yeah, I was surprised Dan Mullen got fired. Me too, but I think Florida's Florida thinks they're in that LSU Alabama territory, and they they're the best team in Florida as of late. But I don't know if they're I don't know if they're that good. Have me kind of scratching my head too. But this guy can recruit. Yeah, and he can coach. I mean, they had they they had Alabama in a real game in the SEC championship game last year. And, you know, he had a down year this year. They came back against Alabama in that regular season game. They had some bad losses, and I think that the optic of him celebrating after the win against Samford, like 58-55, to was, like, really bad, and that did not look good. I know players complain about him, but I think he's a hell of a coach and a hell of a recruiter. He'll land on his feet somewhere, but, hey, Billy Napier is the next hot name that wasn't already a solidified school. He's done really well at Louisiana, and now he gets a big boy job. Very much a big boy job, and uh, now we got to see what the next hat to drop is, whether it's uh, Oklahoma or it is um, Notre Dame. I, I like the Cincinnati coach Fickle for one of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, he makes so much sense, and uh, I know some of the shine has come off, but uh, Campbell in at Iowa State is still uh, is still a hot name that yeah. I think a lot of teams, especially Fickle hey, to Notre Dame. I'm calling Iowa it now. State, that would be good. Fickle to Notre there Dame. There you go. Sign me up. I like it. Where's Urban Meyer going? <laughs> he he was a coach under uh, good old Lou Holtz, a good old ball coach at uh, at Notre Dame, but mm, is Oklahoma stepped down for him? I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously you can't believe a single word he says. So uh, we'll He's see a bigger liar than Brian Kelly. Oh, he's as big of a liar as it gets. Yep. And I guess that wraps up the uh, head coaching carousel for the week. We'll have to get back to you guys next week on that one. Absolutely on fire. What, what bombs dropping from the college football yep. weekend? That's not even the game. So let's get into some of the week 13 games. Tom, first of all, did you uh, put any capital on any of these games? No, I stayed away. I just, I didn't know. I stared at Oklahoma State for about 10 minutes, but I didn't place a bet, so I'm not going to sit here and take credit. All right. Well, that's good. That's progress for you. Um, Hmm. Michigan, speaking of progress, got their first win against Ohio State in 10 years, 42-27. And, Tom, I didn't really think this game, even when Ohio State brought it within single digits, was really ever that close. I think think, uh, Michigan dominated them. 
from start to finish in this game. Yeah, um, I was going to say Urban Meyer. Um, what's his face? God damn Jim it, John Har- Jim Jim Harbaugh. Um, finally doing what he's supposed to do at Michigan, which is supposed to be a blue chip program. And I, I listen. If all goes well, they're going to find their way into the college football playoff. All they have to do is beat Iowa, man. They're in. Yes, absolutely. Um, the top four right now is one Georgia, two Michigan, three Alabama, and four Cincinnati, I believe. That's correct, and I don't like those rankings. I think Cincinnati should be three, and I think Alabama should be four. Oh, wow, aren't you a fucking sweetheart? Well, when Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game, I think Oklahoma State might be able to sneak their way in there. Oh, they better they better be Baylor, <laughs> or else they're not getting in. Very true, but they've definitely got the resume if they got that W against Oklahoma and that W against Baylor. Oh, there's no fucking doubt about it. I mean... I, I, my former was, team before Mike Gundy went all fucking political on me. Yeah, and not the right political either. I mean, I think the rankings are right. It's all four teams rather are are the right teams, but I think you could definitely take a one loss Bama team, especially if they get killed by Georgia. I don't know how you don't put Oklahoma State in because we'll move over to that Iron Bowl. Alabama's just not impressive, and they should have lost this game. What a Bryce pass, Young, though. What a pass and what a catch. Young was just fucking incredible on that drive, 97 yards in a minute and 30 seconds. But, Tom, this, this offense was just sputtering the entire game. Their defense kept them in it. I think part of it, it helped because Auburn's starting quarterback was limping around the last, basically the whole Oh, he was, he was hurt, legit. And you, Oh, he was absolutely. I mean, he should not have been playing. It was amazing that they didn't have another guy they could go to on the depth chart. But Alabama's just not very impressive, and it it bodes for a pretty easy Georgia win, I think, in the SEC championship game this weekend. No doubt about it. I think Georgia's probably going to win by at least 10. uh, Not at least. I think they'll win by a comfortable one touchdown margin. I was going to say 10 points, but... It is Alabama. Um, yeah, what Georgia a pass. by six and a half. Yeah, I think they're going to cover that. What a pass. Um, I did bet the Alabama money line live just out of spite because um, I wanted to win either way. Um, I ended up winning that bet, and I might still win if Alabama finds their, their themselves on the outside looking in on the playoff. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, I know you are. It, it was an awesome game, though, at the end. Very boring. Boring like what? I don't know how long a college football game is. Boring 47 minutes or whatever. Well, it's, it's still a 60-minute game. but Boring uh, 58 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, but that it was. And I'm going NBA time here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, dude, I did, not, I, I did not see anything out of Alabama outside of that the last drive and you know a couple of the plays in the overtimes that made me – changed my mind on them other than Bryce Young's fucking legit and the poison that kid is fucking awesome. It was a true I was freshman. actually uh I was watching that game. I was over dinner at the uh the secretary in his lovely wife's house and uh, I mean someone who doesn't understand the college football overtime layout trying to explain it to people who one don't care about it and two definitely don't understand it was something. And I think I'm sure it was. I think if if College football and the powers that be 
they're obviously stupid as fuck, but they're p- p- printing money, so what do they care? If there was a hidden camera in that room, they might they might say to themselves, we have to make some changes. Because oh this God, guy's clearly a college football expert, and, and he doesn't even get the rules. It's the worst. It's a ter- It's a terrible, terrible system. I, I despise it, and I think anybody, even if you're a diehard college football fan, you you're just question every single time you go in. It's like it's like the shootout in hockey. It's 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 just weird. It, What's I crazy like is it. like after the first overtime, it's not even like it, I wouldn't even call it football anymore. No, it's not. I don't know what it, sport it, it is. We got to come up with a new name for it, but but it's, it's not like football. Baseball doing the runner on second in extra innings and you know one out like these weird it's like that's not even baseball anymore right like we complained about that yeah so i don't know but that was still a great game the it was phenomenal to watch and the tension was was palpable there in auburn and they almost got another one against saban uh in jordan air stadium but bama eked it out cincinnati did what they had to do tom we've been calling for it they killed eastern carolina 35 13 now it's on to play houston in the american athletic championship game one more win and they're in uh, and you mentioned Oklahoma State before. They beat Oklahoma in Bedlam 37-33 in Lincoln Riley's final game there. And Oklahoma State is right there on the outside looking in. Yeah, absolutely. And we got some championship games coming up for the conferences. Oregon plays Utah in a meaningless game. That'll be nice for a Rose Bowl, I guess. Um, Oklahoma State against Baylor. We have that one circled. Oklahoma State's got to take care of business there. Another meaningless game because Clemson's nowhere to be found this year. 17 against 18, Pitt, Wake Forest. I'm rooting for Wake in that one. Is um, he over-under in that game? No, nah, I'm looking at your notes. I have no idea. 72 and a half. Oh, what are you taking? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to take the under, but Wake Forest. Oh, what a boring way to watch football, rooting against scoring. Um, and then a big one, obviously the AAC championship. Cincinnati, as you said, takes on Houston. Um, if they can wrap that up, they are in the playoff. Another big one that matters. They're, the only ones that matter really are the AAC, Big Big Ten, SEC, and then if uh, the SEC goes as expected, um, the Big 12. Yep, no, 100%. And I don't I, – I mean, I'll, I'll just pick my games real fast. I mean, for the ones that matter – I like Oklahoma State over Baylor, although Baylor's been good. I like Cincinnati to finish up undefeated. I like Michigan. You can't mm-hmm. go that far. Michigan against Iowa. Yeah, and then I got and I got Georgia over Alabama. I'm in lockstep with you there. I I, I think all the favorites are going to win this one. I may have to look into a parlay. Hey, make it even a little more interesting. You stayed away this past weekend. Yeah, I I think teams the the. Teams that are supposed to win are going to take care of business. Um, speaking of baseball, since you already brought it up, we hate it, but we love it. We hate to love it. We hate that we love it. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little MLB free agency here. Um, not a single Yankees move on the list here. Seems like kind of a strategy. Uh, maybe the Yankees will trade for a shortstop. Uh, I don't even know if they're going near Correas. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I mean, I I'm disappointed by this from the standpoint of Cashman saying that they're going to address shortstop and Semyon and Seager are gone, two names that were 
widely I really want it. as Yankee Senior. identity. Baez is gone, although I know you didn't want him a little bit lower no on the list. Especially six years. Yeah, no no doubt about it, but that's just another guy off the list. I mean, who remains? Correa and Story. Yeah. I, I, and then the really bad – then, like, the real stopgap guys of, like, Jose Iglesias and, like, Andrew Alton Simmons. Yeah, uh, and I saw a headline that they're looking at uh, Adamus in uh, Milwaukee. He doesn't really move the needle for me. No. Um, he'd be a great defender uh, and a good number eight hitter, but that's about it. And he's the type. Comes down to, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry, he's the type of guy where I could see him coming to New York, playing good defense, but also hitting a buck eighty. Well, that's what Simmons and that's what you know Iglesias would be, or they would hit for average but no pop. And here, here's the whole thing with the Yankees, and I've been, you know, understandably upset. I'm sure as you have been watching all these names come off the board before the lockout, which will already be in effect by the time this podcast drops, and. It's fine. You don't have to overreact. I mean, we saw last year the Yankees didn't really do a whole lot and then made a flurry of moves, including re-signing DJ, which every fan was clamoring for. And let's not forget the looming Darren Judge extension, which I think they want to get done. But I just I don't want there to be a crossroads with this team, as I know you don't either, as we kind of gave our state of the address after the Boston loss, which is you spent the most money previous to Scherzer ever on a starting pitcher with Garrett Cole two years ago. Do not waste his prime years because you're in limbo between trying to be a win-now team and building for the future. I know mm-hmm. Anthony Volpe is considered widely the one of the best prospects in all of baseball. He's going to start this coming season in double-A. They have Peraza, who's another top-five Yankee prospect. Who's also yeah, all those guys are going to be up when Cole's done. But that's the thing, right? Like, 2023 at the earliest for for uh, Volpe and you can still go get a shortstop and move them over to another position or move Volpe over to another position kind of like what they did with Glaber when they still had DJ or uh, Didi so I just don't want them to be at a crossroads we'll see what happens at the end of the year if you or at the end of the offseason you know once the lockout what do you ends. think I think they go stopgap shortstop and I think they upgrade significantly at first base and in center field somehow and I think s- they're going to when yep. you say upgrade at first base, I think Freeman goes back to Atlanta, so I'm assuming Rizzo's coming back. I, I, I'm i thinking Olsen from Oakland. Hmm. 28 years old, elite defensive first baseman. That's a 40 home run bat. Could hit 45 and drive in 120 uh, for the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. You have him for his prime years. Rizzo's a really nice option to bring back too but he's not going to match the production of Olsen and then in center field you got to find someone somewhere Chris Taylor re-signed with the Dodgers so it's not going to be him Starling Marte went to the Mets so it's not going to be him there's options in the trade market Cattell Marte and Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh Marte is with the uh, Diamondbacks but that's the only way that they can make me feel okay about this option because unless out of nowhere they sign either Correa or Story it doesn't seem like they're sticking their toe in the water of the shortstop market, uh, which is a little disappointing because I, we obviously, the Yankees need to upgrade that position. We've been screaming about it. You can't have a shortstop position. Every good team has a really good shortstop. And unless you're getting a lot better at the other positions I mentioned, you're, you can't go into a season with Andrew Elton Simmons at short. <sighs> I don't know, Sean. I mean, last year I made a threat um, that I that I was out on the Yankees, 
if they didn't re-sign Didi, I think I'm going to have to make a threat this year. I haven't come up with it yet. I don't know where to set the bar at. Give me a couple more weeks to figure out, you know. If well, you're going to have plenty I'm gonna of time. Set a, because... I'm going to set a metaphorical Mendoza line, and if they don't go above it, I'm out. That's fair, but you're going to have to wait a while because no moves can be made during the during the lockout. So. No, understood. I'm just going to sit yeah. here pissed off, but – with that being said, I am going to set a line, and, and, I, and I will determine it. it. It will be completely on me, um, you know, <laughs> subjective to me, um, whether or not they decide to go above that line or not. And, and, and Andleton Simmons, I can tell you right now off the top of my head, and Iglesias, who's a, who's a nice fleet fielder but a ter- terrible hitter, they're both below that line. They're way below that line. Again, unless you you do everything else, and that's you know that what I can set doing. the line right now, Sean. I'm sorry for interrupting do, you again. Do it, Tom. Yeah, you've been doing it a lot, but go for it. You got a lot. It's the name of the podcast, so let's you know. So let's get over it. Right? We're gonna do it. Um, <laughs> Willie Adamas is my Mendoza line. Okay. If it's anybody below that, and and both the players that were already mentioned are below that, I'm out of the Yankees this year. I won't wear any gear. What if they get the what if they get Olsen, get a center fielder and another really good starting pitcher then? No. You can't as my sports father, you can't tell me you're gonna upgrade shortstop and then downgrade shortstop. Well, they'd be upgrading it defensively in those cases. What are you, fucking Cashman's lawyer? Well, what are you, fucking idiot? Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> I've been saying, like, you, they, the reason the shortstop position was so bad was it wasn't only just because Glaber didn't hit. He was also one of the worst fielding mm-hmm. shortstops in all of baseball. So if you Is Didi that, a free agent? Bring his ass back. No, he's not a free agent, and do not bring him back. He's, I don't know if you've seen or paid any attention to his numbers in Philly. Yeah, they're he's bad. Fucking awful. I just miss him. I miss what yeah, he was. Of course. Yeah, you, you're you, you're a fan. You love the nostalgia. He's he's done. He's been done, and the Yankees actually made a good move in not bringing him back. Um, so I don't know, man. It, it's going to be a while, though, which sucks because now we're in this freeze period, but teams went fucking crazy. Uh, you got to, you know, you're done with the Yankees. I know how much you love your Mets. So why don't you talk about how much you loved all the Mets <laughs> signings? Because uh, it, they went ab- Steve Cohen went absolutely berserk. Yeah, and um, I, I'm ecstatic about all of them. Scherzer for three years. I don't care how much the annual salary is, he's going to be good for another couple years. To put him with Degrom, two proven pitchers. I think it more than makes up for them giving up on Syndergaard for nothing. And they're letting, two of the top five starters in baseball. Yeah, letting letting Mats walk. It, that's fine. Starling Marte is an absolute upgrade across the board in center field. And if he wants to take a little bit more of the steroids, then that's fine. Do it. Just don't get caught. Oh, there it is. Cantana, um, he's a big power bat. Cantana. Whatever. Um <laughs> I do like him, you know, in the outfield. And then Escobar. No T I, in the name. I know, but I, I made it up. I think there is a Cantana on the league, maybe. I don't know. Um, Escobar, former all-star. Uh, he can play a lot of positions, and he's a great hitter for average. I think he could have a couple all-star years, and that's going to end up looking like a massive discount. I, I love all the moves that they made. Me too. And we say this every every off season when they do something splashy. No, this but feels different, can't. bro. This is different. This is different. I was just going to say that. It's totally different. You got one of the most proven, best pitchers, most dominant pitchers ever. Like you said, who gives a fuck about the annual about the annual uh, money? He's going to be it's done fine. in three years. You wipe your, you know, you say thanks for the time and keep it moving. 
he you can, pair they him can with win the a World Series. Yes, especially oh, with sure. the Dodgers getting knocked down a few pegs. No fucking doubt about it. And the Braves are not going to repeat what they did last year. They caught lightning in a bottle, a lot like what Washington did a few years ago. They're still going to be very good, but Philly's down. And Florida, or Miami, I should say, has made a lot of upgrades, but they're not there yet. You bring in Marte, who's a stud across the board. Canna has been a really good player for a long time in Oakland. Cantana. He's versatile as hell, not Cantana. And Eduardo Escobar, who is a super utility guy. He can play all over the field. He can hit and he can defend. And that just gives them more flexibility because, Tom, we've seen with this Mets team is they just have had no flexibility and no roster maneuverability. And they have all of that now. They have everybody in their outfield can play all three outfield positions. Yes. Um, You want to move on to the Texas Rangers? I think we need to. Texas Rangers take two shortstops off the board in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Um, I mean, the Rangers are the Rangers. They're going to be able to hit. It just comes down to pitching. Yeah, and this is going to be one of those cases where where are they in a few years, right? Like, I think Simeon's going to play second and Seager will play short. Yeah, he played second in in Toronto. In Toronto, but – a lot of the numbers and metrics and why a lot of teams didn't want to give Seager the 10 years is because he's not a great defensive shortstop. So he's not going to have a lot more years there, and if he does, he's they're going to suffer for it. Now, if he hits 40 bombs and drives in 100, that helps. But like you said, Tom, it always comes down to pitching. And we've seen this with the Rangers in the past, A-Rod, that <laughs> they give out this tremendous amount of money to these players, and after a few years, they realize that they're completely hampered from being able to do anything else. And they have to give up that money and take a huge L on the contract because the team who's acquiring him is either not going to pay all of it or they're going to get pennies on the dollar from a prospect standpoint. So, hey, if you're a Rangers fan, you got to feel great. But I'm waiting to see how this manifests in another three, four years. Yeah, and the pitcher they did get was John Gray. I mean, I think it's a discount deal, four years, $56 million, but he doesn't really move the needle for me. A couple of years, I know he pitched in Colorado, but he's never really lived up to his potential. No, and he's hurt a lot too, so that's something they're going to have to deal with. And then moving on to the next deal, the Rays said goodbye to Robbie Ray and saved themselves $5 million and went ahead and got Kevin Gossman, uh, five years, $110 million instead of 115 and I think they got the better pitcher out of the deal as well. I know Robbie Ray won the Cy Young Award, but um, did Gosman win in the uh, NL? I think he might have. I honestly don't even remember the That's awards. That's sad. That's how little I think about the awards in, in sports. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, but right? Gossman Gosman was incredible for San Francisco, and he turned his career around when he was with Atlanta. No, the guy on Milwaukee did, Burns. Oh, that's right. Brandon Woodruff won, right? Yeah, I, I think Gosman's – listen, uh, Robbie Ray pitched really well this year, but he's more of a fastball pitcher that gives up a lot of home runs. Gosman's a ground ball guy. I think that's more repeatable. I think he's just a better pitcher. I like the move for the Jays. I like the move for the Jays too, which means I don't like it for the Yankees. Um, yeah. Gosman was – kind of an unfinished product when he was with the Orioles. He just threw gas and never really knew how to command his off-speed stuff or get the most out of it. And now he's a much more refined pitcher with still the blazing fastball. 
So I think him going north of the border is huge, and he can use that really good defense that Toronto has. I know even though Semyon's gone. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't like the Robbie Ray deal for the Mariners for everything that we said. I think he's a one-hit wonder, but I guess we'll have to see. I think if you're the Mariners, though, you have to do it. Yeah. Because I, th- I don't think Kikuchi is coming back, and you want to have that guy that you believe is the ace, right? And they were so close this year to finally making the playoffs for the first time. They have a lot of young talent. They have a lot of young talent. And I think that this was a big move for the fan base and for the franchise to say, hey, you know what, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But they should get one or two. He's still going to be a good pitcher, whether he's Cy Young candidate, great. I have no idea. I don't think so. But he should still be a really good pitcher for the majority of that contract. Definitely. Um, future all-star pitcher for the Cardinals, Steven Matz, four years, $44 million. I know he hasn't done much for the Mets, uh, except for hit. He's a pretty good hitter. Um, he definitely hasn't lived up to his potential, but I don't know. It's something about pitchers going to the Cardinals or the Pirates or some of these other teams. They always seem to turn it around. Um and I think he's going to be, as long as he can stay healthy, which has always been the problem with him, he's going to be a bargain for them. Well, you're glossing over. He just had a pretty good year. Yeah, he had a decent year. So I His mean, best year, pitching, probably. Pitching in the AL East was not something that a lot of fans thought much of. No, he was just with the Blue Jays, Tom. They pitched this last year with Toronto. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of <laughs> so, his Mets career. Um, sure, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is don't gloss over this past year. He was he was pretty damn good with the Blue Jays. So I think moving him to the NL Central is going to be a good move for him and, and a good move for the Cardinals. They get a guy who, when he's on the mound, and hopefully he's over some of those injuries, that's a really good pitcher. Definitely. Moving on to the next guy. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, Corey Kluber, one year, $8 million. He'll probably win the fucking Cy Young because he's on the Oh, race. this pissed me off. I saw this. I was like, well, there's 14 wins and five of them will be against the Yankees. Yep. Enough said there. Rays give uh, Rays do typical Rays things and give their number former number one prospect and rookie of the year, Wander Franco, who's going to be a great player for the next 15 years in baseball, an 11-year, $182 million extension. Um Probably by the All-Star break, that's going to look like the biggest discount in baseball. It's Acuna or, or Ozzy Albies. It's, it's like yeah. that's exactly what we're going to look at him as, where we're going to see them in the postseason almost every year, and you're going to see the numbers he's putting up, and you're going to wonder how in God's name is this guy only making this much. But I never, ever blame players, especially who have come from the backgrounds that Franco's come from, to ever – like wait until you could possibly cash in at a four hundred million dollar deal. You take that money while you can, dude. Absolutely, got, and, and multi generational wealth, especially given given the state that baseball's in. Get the bag and keep it moving. Yeah, it's a great deal for the for the Tampa Bay Rays and a great deal for Wander Franco all the way around. And he's going to just kill the Yankees and every other team in the AL East for years to come. Uh, Di Sclafani re-signs with the San Francisco Giants. I like this deal. It's a cheap one, and he's he's an innings eater. He is an innings eater, and that's a good move for them to restore a little bit in their rotation. They've got uh, Webb still, uh, and they also signed Alex Cobb uh, to a two-year deal. So, okay, you lose Gosman. They probably thought they were going to, although they were in until the end. Uh, you pivot, you re-sign Di Sclafani, and you keep 
you get an Alex Cobb who's a solid pitcher and you keep your rotation relatively intact. Final signing here. Um, the I'm sorry, you lost me here. White Sox signed Kendall Graveman. How do you feel about this? He's bounced That's around a, the league. Oh, but he was really good last year with, yeah. the, with the Mariners. He was an all-star and then went to the Astros at the all-star break and or at the trade deadline, and he was dominant. And the reason I put this in here, and I got one more for you that happened today, but uh, right right before the pod, but – do you know what the back end of that of that bullpen is for the White Sox? It's, just, it's, it's Graveman, it's 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 Graveman, Kimbrel, and Hendricks. It's a good one. I mean, like that's huge, and they're all relatively around the same time frame as far as contracts. So I thought that was a really big move because the White Sox, they just didn't hit when they were in the playoffs this year. But that back end of the bullpen, ooh. No team is going to want to go against that. And then the last one, another Chicago team. Marcus Stroman has his team. He's going to the Cubs for three years and $71 million. What do you think of that move and that fit for uh, for Stroman? Good fit. You want Stroman in the NL. I think he's an NL pitcher. Um, and it looks like the Cubs are trying to turn a few things around. I think my boy Clint Frazier is going to go out there too. Oh, yeah. Clint signed out there for one year. I'm mm-hmm. happy for him. Me too. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a Cubs fan now. You're a Cubs fan. Tom, uh, because we're not going to have any baseball to talk unless we finally find out that the labor negotiations are are done and we will have a season, I'm going to get your predictions real fast on a couple players. Where does Correa sign? My main guess was Detroit, but I don't know if that's happening now. He could still go to Detroit. I'm going to go with Detroit. All right, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Seattle. Okay. And then, how about Trevor Story? This might be wishful thinking. I'm gonna say the Yankees. All right, I like it. I'm what gonna say the Padres. Padres, okay. What position is he playing in San Diego? Uh, he honestly might play short, and they, there's been talks that Tatis they might put in the outfield at least for next year. He'd be a stud in the outfield. Um, and the last he's one, already Chris played Bryant. the outfield and he's a stud. What were you going to say? Chris Bryant. I think Chris Bryant goes back to San Francisco. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm gonna, I, I have Atlanta. It's my team. Hmm, interesting. They already have a good third baseman there. And then Freddie Freeman, I think we all agree he's going to move back to the Braves. Yeah, and I think Rizzo ends up re-signing with the Yankees unless they can make that deal for Olsen. If not, he might go back to the Cubs. Yeah, I think Rizzo's just waiting to see what the Yankees do. If not, then he's coming back, and no Yankee fan will be upset by that. No, not at all. All right, you ready to talk some basketball? Because baseball, um, we can have a 10-second moment of silence. That's enough. Not even 10 seconds. It's not even worth the 10 seconds. No, Um, it's not because it's stupid and I hate them. And, yeah, and that makes for bad podcasting. I've already coughed on the podcast today, so... Um, yeah, you hacked up a lung on a podcast today. Yeah, it's a little dry in this hotel room. Might be yeah. something going on. Where um, are you today? I'm in Long Island again, baby. Making the money. Yeah. Making the money. So go. I got a cat. I got a, I'm a cat daddy, so I got that's, a... That's true. Soy commands a lot. Yeah, and last time we almost had a fire at our apartment, and it was burning down around me as I was on the phone with you, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're upgrading we're upgrading this week. Um, let's okay. talk let's talk NBA. Great game last night between the Nets and the Knicks. It was a scary sight to see uh, Kevin Durant and and James Harden on the last possession of the game pass around the ball. Um, but 
eventually, uh, who won that game for you? Oh, fucking James Johnson ends up winning right. the game for you on free throws. Um, I'm happy with what I've seen against my Knicks, against the good teams. Um, Kemba Walker pulled out of the rotation, long time coming. And I said this, Knicks fans, listening at the beginning of the pod, whatever we got from him was gravy. We gave up nothing. We're not paying him much. Um, but, you know, it's D. Rose and Quigley time. Let's go back to what worked last year. Yeah, and Alec Burks, who I think had 27 last night against the Mets. I mean, he was great. And Fournier's starting to come around as well. Yeah, he made a few big shots late to get the Knicks back in that game. Yep. It, it was a, it was an interesting game because, you know, Harden was unstoppable in the first half. I think he had 30, 30 of his 37 in the first half, and Durant really had an off-night shooting. In the second quarter, that started off fast. Knicks came through, had a one-point lead heading into the third quarter, and then the Nets went on a 16-0 run, and you thought the game was over. But this yeah. is what the Knicks do, Tom. The Knicks get off to horrible starts in the third quarter. And that's why they're that a bad team. Comes in, the bench comes in, and they go on this extended run that really had them in line to get the win. And I want to get your take on this because I'm watching it, obviously, from the lens of a Nets fan. You're watching it from the lens of the Knicks fan. I think anybody who's watching this game with any basketball intelligence, what the fuck is Julius Randle doing getting a technical foul on that with that little time left? Unbelievably asinine play. Just just keep it keep it zipped, keep it tight. Let let's try and get this game out with a win. Um I I don't have much to say about it. It's very disappointing. Um but that's why good teams are good teams, and the Knicks will probably be a playing team because the best teams in the NBA always go on big runs out of halftime. Yeah, and, and the Nets, to be fair, you know they're kind of the opposite of the Knicks from that regard. Is they they do let teams back into it, but they tend to start that third quarter really strong, and they're still working out the kinks because uh, Joe Harris now is out for four to eight weeks with an ankle surgery. Blake Griffin is also out of the rotation, like Kemba Walker was. And they're just trying to figure out what they're doing. And I didn't love the closing lineup last night, but hey, I mean, they're going to always, there, meaning Durant and Harden, are always going to make the right basketball play. And they, James Johnson forced Mitchell Robinson to try to stop him at the rim. And of course, Mitchell Robinson fouled. And that was questionable to me. I didn't know why he was in the game. I understand the interior presence, but he's a foul machine. Yeah, and it was a clear foul. Uh, I didn't think it was alive, and I was about to text you, but then he grabbed both elbows, so it was definitely a clear foul. I mean, it the was best a great game, though. Absolutely, the be- a great game, and honestly, the best player on the Nets right now is, is Bembry. That guy is an animal. I mean, he's been a huge reason why the Nets defense is as good as it is. Offensively, Nets- though, too, he can knock down a three. He's always cutting, getting random dunks. He's great. He reminds me a lot of Damari Carroll. Yeah. That kind of player that just like doesn't stop on the he doesn't stop on the defensive end. And his hustle alone and hit, being able to hit the corner three is big. But he brings an energy to this team and it's funny, you know, you talk about the star power and you talk about what the Nets are going to be without Kyrie and I I've, I've thrown that away. I'm worried about what they're going to be without Joe Harris cuz Kyrie to me is not even a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And with with him out and now Blake not getting minutes and they're working these rotations they need somebody else to step up, and I'm, it's been really cool to watch how many games that they've been able to secure due to their defense, more so than the offensive firepower of Harden and Durant. I mean, yeah, between Bembry, Brown, and Carter, 
Um, they're they're pretty good in the second unit defensively. I mean, this team has quite a bit of dead weight on it between Griffin, um, Paul Millsap, obviously Kyrie yeah. Irving. Millsap, he he didn't eat last night. He played a few minutes and he couldn't even dribble. Yeah, he's been disappointing. Um, you know, I mean, he, he, he can't go in with much expectations. The only guy, the only old guy that they signed who's really been as advertised over the last few years is Aldridge. Like he's just going to get you a bucket. Yeah, Aldridge is a walking bucket, and he's been great this year. But, you know, Millsap, I didn't have high expectations for him, but he's been in and out of the lineup. He's had, you know, personal issues that he's been dealing with, so he's left the team for, from time to time, and he's now getting Blake's minutes. And I think they do have to rely on him because he's a, he is a guy that, because of experience alone, you know, one thing about this Nets group, although it's definitely not what it ever was, was – you don't feel bad if Blake is in in the late minutes because you know he's going to make the right play. You don't feel bad if if uh, Lamarcus is in or if uh, Millsap is in because you know they're going to make the right play. Even James Johnson to an extent. Um, and they need that if you're not going to have Irving and the firepower, you need to win with basketball IQ and defense. And around Durant and Harden, they do seem to kind of have that. Obviously, mm-hmm. Joe Harris hurts because Joe Harris really spreads the floor. For you them. could really use Shamet too. <laughs> Yeah, and he's killing use, it in Phoenix. You could use Shamit for sure, but I don't miss his defense or lack thereof. Yeah, he's a three and D guy without the D, um, and a little bit of three, really not that much. But hit a yeah, big shot last night. He did. the The Nets look the Nets look like the best team in the East, and they still haven't pieced it together. Yeah, that's fair. And we're you know Miami now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with them with Anabio out for six to eight weeks. Yeah, they're going to fall a little bit. I think so. Uh, some other takeaways. That was a really fun game. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. And regardless of who won, I just think that, that the energy between those two teams is finally really good because obviously the Nets are the, the championship caliber team, but the Knicks are scrappy as hell. And they, they, they have those nights where they can hang with anybody. Michael Porter Jr., Tom, just going around the league real fast, out for the season with back surgery right after getting the bag a five-year extension and what can you really say here just sucks for both him obviously most importantly and denver yeah uh this is why you don't give players the extension a year early um especially guys who came into the league with these back issues not just issues but specifically the back issue which he's getting surgery for back surgery is scary for a random 40 year old man i could only imagine how scary it is for a player in the NBA because that you may never be right again. Um, I mean, this team still has a good core, obviously, with the Joker and Murray coming back, and ACL comebacks aren't what they used to be. They, they seem to be um, pretty standard nowadays. It's, it's just a tough scene. It really is. Yeah, it sucks. You, you hate to see it because his promise and what we've seen from him, you know, in a short, short span is – nothing short of really good in a franchise caliber player, which is why the Nuggets felt like they could give him that extension. Yeah, Aaron Gordon's going to have to step up. Step up. I think the Nuggets are in not in good shape right now. They're in like 10th place. I think so. Yeah, they're in the bottom there. I mean, obviously, Murray being out. And the supporting cast is not tremendous there, although Jeff Green's been a nice stabilizer, and Jokic is Jokic, but that West has just got its deep. Um, the Bucks brought... DeMarcus Cousins in and he's actually playing tonight I'm rooting for him not obviously too much because I don't want the Bucks to surpass the Nets or him be a reason why they beat the Nets but 
I mean, man, he just hasn't played at all. I know he played with the Clippers a little bit and then got hurt in the playoffs. What did you think of this move? I love it, honestly. I mean, I know DeMarcus Cousins isn't what he was back when he was on Sacramento or when he was on the Pelicans pre-Achilles injury, but when he was at his absolute best, it was a Twin Towers situation with, honestly, the player that looks the closest to Giannis in the league, Anthony Davis, and if he can get any of that magic back, it's going to be interesting. It's just another body, too, that they can throw at teams. They already have so much size, obviously, Giannis. Mm -hmm. But they got Lopez, and now you bring in Cousins, who, much like Lopez, stretches the floor, too, and is is a really good rebounder. This is a good move for them, and it's a non-guaranteed deal, so they don't lose anything. I think he's going to be a lot better than he looked last year on Houston, just because, I mean... it just wasn't a good environment. It wasn't a good situation. I don't even blame him for that. Houston was, last year especially was a shit show. Yeah, it was. And honestly, I thought he played well for the Clippers. He was getting real minutes for the Clippers heading into the playoffs before he got hurt again. Yeah, I, ho- I just hope he can stay healthy and he, and he finds some of that big-on-big magic there. For sure. No, good good move by the Bucks, and we'll see where it goes. And then the last thing I have for the NBA, Tom, is 17 in a row. As Devin Booker said, no loss November for the Suns. They are they beat the Warriors last night. God, this team is just so fucking good. They killed my Nets on Saturday. That was the first like first hand look I got at them. And they don't have any holes. None. And you know, you're gonna get what you're gonna get out of Devin Booker and you and, and Chris Paul, who is playing even better than he did last year right now, by the way. But for Bridges and Aiton to carry over what they did in the playoffs last year to the regular season. You see it all the time. These young guys find something in the playoffs, and then they just continue to do it the next season and throughout their careers. I mean, this team is like four deep. If you want to include Cam Johnson, they're five deep. I, this is probably the deepest team in the NBA. Totally agree with you, which is crazy to say because they beat the Warriors, who I also thought was right up there with one of the deepest teams in the NBA. But – I mean, I don't even know how to put it into words because the Suns, speaking of dumpster fires, like two years ago, three years ago, talking about trading Booker and and this team does everything wrong and they seem to have turned it around and did a complete 180. And Chris Paul deserves a lot of credit for that, but they've done a great job drafting, signing free agents, everything. Yeah, small trades here and there and developing players. I mean, Aiton keeps getting better. Bridges has become a bona fide star. Johnson. Johnson, I mean, even campaign gives you really good minutes off the bench. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a guy like Shamit who can knock down the three. He's been in a lot of big games in his career between the Clippers, the Sixers, and the Nets, and now the Suns. This is just a well-oiled machine. I don't see them slowing down, barring any bad injury. I mean, obviously they'll lose, but I think this is them and the Warriors. I think they played last night. They're playing again Friday. They're on a crash course for the for the Western Conference Finals. Definitely. And the Lakers, by the way, I don't think you had this written down, but they suck ass. I didn't write it down because they've sucked ass the entire year and it's uh we can we can do a deeper dive. You go from by the way, you go from the last two years to the best defensive team, you get rid of all your defensive players and you add off ball shooting that can't create when LeBron gets hurt, that can't play any defense and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, shocking that bringing in Wayne Ellington, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook and Malik didn't make Monk. their defense better. And Malik Monk, yeah, didn't make their defense any better. Shocking. Yeah, tough scene. 
Tough scene. Uh, Tom, just a little college basketball. We don't need to do a whole lot here, but last week we had a boatload of those feast week tournaments. And um, we it is Jimmy V week, buddy. And it is Jimmy V week this week, which is very cool. So any uh, anything that stood out to you from, from last week's college football or college basketball? I know there was a lot. A lot of college football. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously Duke losing to um, Ohio State. Duke's got a lot going on right now. Um that one, and that was pretty much it. Was there any other big upsets that I'm forgetting? No, I mean, just that, that Duke-Gonzaga game. Yeah, Duke won on Friday. That yeah. was a hell of a game. Uh, You're riding around. high, and then that happens. Exactly. Um, other than that, no, not really. I watched a lot of the uh, Battle for Atlantis tournament because uh, UConn was in it. Um, and no, I just I, – I, Auburn's really physical. Michigan State wasn't ranked before that tournament. They did beat UConn. They're into the top 25 now. I, there seems to be a lot of parity in college basketball. And Kansas, uh, they – no. Who, oh, uh, they didn't lose. Who did Iona beat? No, Kansas I, lost. Kansas lost, but not to Iona. Iona and uh, Slick Rick Patino beat, beat somebody pretty decent in the tournament that they were playing in. Yeah, I know that because uh, my cousin went to Iona and I picked and I think they lost. Then I think they lost to Belmont or something, but – yeah, I'm looking it up right now. I, I forgot who they who they beat, um, but it was somebody pretty good. It was a signature win for sure. Um, Rick Pitino, man, just doesn't stop. No, I mean, listen, the guy. There was no question that the guy could coach. Never a question. It's just a matter of can he can he coach legally? Yeah, can he keep it in his pants? <laughs> yeah, can he? Yeah, can he keep it in his pants and can he recruit legally? Alabama, uh, they beat Alabama. Number there 10. it is. There it is. That what? A, yeah, that's that's a huge win for them. That's another top ten team that he's beaten with another with a school. Yeah, I know. I was hoping they beat Kansas because, um, as everybody knows, Will All Time Fraud is a Kansas Jayhawks fan, and my other cousin who actually went to Iona and played baseball there uh, is a, his brother is is obviously an Iona fan. But I will have this breaking news: Will has decommitted from South Carolina football. He said he's all Kansas sports now. Is that because he saw Kansas beat Texas in football and said that's a team I have to have? <laughs> Actually, my cousin, my cousin put the heat on him and said, "You just can't be doing this." He said, "I'll let you slide for the Cowboys because you've been a fan since you were eight. I still sure. think it's fraudulent." Um, he tried to tell us he had been to Texas, and then we went. We asked him what airport he flew into. Listen, and by the way, everybody, I'm going to let Will on the pot to defend himself here. He said yeah. Arlington, just Arlington. <laughs> all right well, so and then he finally made he'd never been to texas but he said that's fine he's all kansas now and i swear to you is the same day they played um whoever they lost to three hours later they lost that's tremendous and i'm now, thinking about i'm this. thinking about becoming an auburn fan i'm like you know what Why but not? i'm not going to be a fraud about it i'm going to take a class all right, we'll go for it. I, I I will never question anybody's sports fandom. I'll only question pecking order. Like if I was a bigger Bama fan than a Giants fan, yeah, I would be that's, a fraud. You know what that if is? I that's was, something if, a fraud would say. 
if I'm a bigger oh stop yourself. If I'm a bigger Bama fan than I am like a UConn basketball fan, like okay, then I obviously am just hitching my wagon. I I I root for Bama. I want Bama to win, but they're the least of my teams. They Ooh, always yeah. will. Is Will talk about him a lot? Where did he have the SEC uh, or the oh, South Carolina? Carolina where was did he have that Carolina team? was probably last, but I mean there All was right. a lot of Instagram posts about him. Yeah. And he definitely I mean, has a I, sweatshirt. I, I just wonder if, like, if he's his, if he's celebrating, would he celebrate South Carolina the way he would celebrate a, a Cowboys win? Mm, unless they won a national championship, I don't think so. But if they won a national championship, I think he'd start telling people he went there. Yeah, see, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'll tell I'll tell you what. I'll stop calling Will a fraud for Kansas if he buys a full on Kansas Jayhawks warm up and wears it out in public and I have to be with him. I think you're I think you're letting him off to get to get some gear. I think he's looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm talking like tearaway pants with shorts yeah. under it. And I want a zip-up jacket, too. And I might even have him wear a jersey. He can pick the you're guy. Talking, it could be Paul Pierce. The, uh, you, you, you said Paul Pierce. You talking, uh, like, the quarter-zip warm-ups that they wear? Like the uh, track jackets? Yeah, no. I'm talking more like a jogging suit. Oh. Yeah, yeah. those are not good. Jogging suit up top with a Paul Pierce Kansas jersey. Well, my under question it. is, is, is he an Adidas guy? Because Adidas is the... Uh, is the official supplier for Kansas. So he's if he's going all in on Kansas, he better go all in on Adidas. Will is a Will is a whatever he can get his hands on kind of guy. Uh, he does not show right. bias towards brands. So listen, Will, I will I will relieve your fraudulence somewhat cuz I can't say that I'm not going to call you one, but I won't give you as much of a hard time on the podcast if you wear the 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 zip the full zip up jacket. Paul Pierce jersey under it, Kansas shorts, tear away Kansas pants, and you got to have the team colors on your feet as well. Now I'm just and a headband this. and a headband. I, Sorry, I, I'm all for this entire thing, and I I can't wait to see how this goes down. But I don't think he's going to do it because his feelings are hurt for what you call him on the podcast. I don't think you wield that much power, unfortunately for you. But uh, you know. I also told him, I said, listen, all these universities give out these bullshit like certifications now, like a productivity certification or Microsoft Word, Microsoft Office. I said, you don't have to take an actual class there. You can just get one of those (laughs) certifications as long as you're giving the university some type of money, not that they need it, aside from buying, you know, a hat or whatever. If you take the class... Whatever it is, a, a two-month class where all you have to do is go watch a bunch of Zoom videos and take two multiple multiple choice tests that have unlimited, um, unlimited you know tries on it, and, and you get yeah. that certification. Fraudulence is done. Uh, Cowboys, I'm gonna have to figure something out, but fraudulence you don't is done. You have to done. figure anything out. That's his team. He can support his team. He doesn't owe you an explanation. He does. He as, the, as the czar of fraudulence, he yeah, absolutely does. Yeah, I knew you were bringing does. that out. The sports czar. You're your sports fan czar. You don't... 
people can be fans of teams mm. if they want. Yeah, they you sound a little heated about it, like like you're high, like you're like you're holding something in. Because you can't tell people how to be fans. You're and a fraud I, too, I, buddy. What am I holding in? What am I you're holding a fraud in? You too. Know I'm an Alabama fan. I, I want you to. You know what? I'm going to give you the same deal that I gave Will. I would happily wear a bunch of Bama stuff. No, it's not. It, that's not the deal. You can't have that deal. The deal that you can have is let's say there's a training class. I don't know, like a a body bullshit class. You know what I mean? How to how to make somebody's penis bigger? Alabama University, whatever. And you want to take That's that course? That's slogan, actually. <laughs> and, and you want to take that course? If you pay money to Alabama and you can show me a certificate, I'll relieve your one little bit of fraudulence. I already have the diplomas from two schools. I well, it ain't Alabama. Them. Neither of them it are Alabama. Alabama. Hey, and it's not UConn either. But I'm a UConn fan. You're so. from Connecticut. That's fair. Yeah, it's also the team that my dad rooted for and watched. Your so dad rooted for Alabama? Nope. No, he didn't. So you're but a fraud. That's and even my if dad your dad did and he had no ties team. to Alabama, then your dad's just a fraud too. But your dad's <laughs> not a fraud. Your dad's a good he's man. A fraud too. He's a, yeah, exactly. Listen, I can root for what I who I want. Will you can root for who you want? Your body, you your choice. Your that's body, right. your choice. But you can still look stupid. You just have to root for the team accordingly and fairly. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's how it goes. Anyway, let's get into college football. College football. I keep saying that because of this. You're fucking rattled. Week. The NFL week twelve is coming on. We are on the eve of week thirteen. We had three Thanksgiving games, including Will's Cowboys. Who I'm sure he did. Did you have any communication with him? Well, I that? picked him up the day after. Um, Honestly, for the first 10 minutes of the car ride, it wasn't mentioned, and then it was a brief gloss over. I think he got his frustration out. He was in a chipper mood. I got a good parking spot at LaGuardia, um, was able to get them nice and early and greet them. So it was all good with him. I just mentioned that the Raiders kicker was on my fantasy team and that I was pretty happy with it. (laughs) Very nice. Well, what would you take from that game, Tom? Not much, my friend. Not much, except that the Cowboys' defense is faltering. I feel like Diggs has to get at least one pick in the game, maybe a pick six for them to be in it. I was just going to say that. I mean, their defense hasn't been good in a few weeks, and unless they're creating turnovers, they're really, really stumbling, and they're giving up a lot of points and yards, especially to a Raiders team that we basically called dead at this time last week. And Derek Carr put up 38 on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and it, it was it was a game I thought anybody could have but we saw McCarthy screw up and we saw I mean Brown Anthony Brown I mean four DPIs turn your head around bro not good man not good uh, the other corner not good at all not good at all um, Bears beat the Lions in a game that we were all forced to watch Joe Buck by the way did cover by the way yeah well, Joe Buck was making fun of the Lions basically the entire game, and it was absolutely hysterical. That was very good entertainment, much more so than the game. Bears found a way to keep the Lions winless. That's really all you can take away from this. Definitely. Uh, following that game, the Bills beat the Saints 31-6. to um, I guess they're back on track. We're really going to find out if they're back on track this week. I think it's a Monday night game against New England. Mm-hmm. Well, they lost to Davis White in this game to a torn ACL. He's out for the year, and that really hurts their defense. Definitely does, and it's going to be reflected in my picks this week. Um, oh. Giants on Michael Strahan's jersey retirement. Uh, your boy Jalen Hurts got dinged up in this game. 
But the Giants found a way to eke this one out. Um, this game was hard to watch. Oh, it was impossible. If you weren't a fan of either team, you, you, you had to run away, far away from this game. And the Giants got lucky. Everybody's like, wow, that's really good defense. Look at them stop them on fourth down. No, if, if the fucking receiver could catch the ball, I think Jalen Rager it was, if he could catch the fucking ball, the Giants would have lost. He let two go right through his hands. But, hey, I'll take it. You know how much I hate the Eagles. Giants win. Uh, and that's all you can say. Move on. Yes. Uh, both locals won again. Jets beat the Texans 21-14. to Zach Wilson had some ups and downs, as he has all rookie year. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm happy to see a Jets win. I don't really care about this draft. There's nobody big in it yet. I'd like to see them get an offensive lineman. Um, and we're going to talk about Seattle later, which I'm really happy about. Yeah, that was the only thing I was upset about with the Lions. I was like, really? You can't you got to let the Bears win this game? Um, I mean, dude, Zach Wilson, that you want to talk about tough to watch. I mean, there's, there was a series, a whole stretch in that game where I was just like, this guy's throwing bullet passes in the flat to his running backs. Like, I know. I mean, no like, chance. He needs to he needs to watch like some of these veterans where it's just a little touch a little touch would be nice. Oh my god, yeah, and he he just needs to call. It looks like he just wants to go to thousand miles per hour every single play. I like that. I like that there. young. You know, I, we were all like that at one point. We're old now. You're forty. Oh my god, you're such a bad guy. <laughs> well, now that you're thirty, I gotta skip to forty. Yeah, that's nice. I'm in uh, for it when I turn the big three zero, huh? I'm going to absolutely berate you like none other. Um, but listen, I, I think that you just want to see progress from him, right? I mean, he had that stretch where he wasn't playing. He got to watch Mike White. He got to watch Josh Johnson. And, and Joe you know, Flacco. I'm sure Flacco. he a lot. Yeah, well, but you can learn how to not rifle the ball from seven yards away. And that's something that you want to see over the course of the rest of the season is him just start to make those checkdowns and not have to make the miraculous play every time. But the Jets' defense, Tom, they've been really good the last few weeks. They have. They're fast. Um, and they're creating turnovers, too. Yeah, they definitely are. It's going to keep the Jets in these games that ultimately I want them to lose. Right now, the Jets have three and four in the draft, and the Giants have five and six in the draft. I like that. Give them both up. Give up. Uh, give up Wilson for the other Wilson. <laughs> I know you want him, and so do I. Um, Bengals absolutely whooped the Steelers, forty-one ten. Um, this game was over in the first quarter, and Burrow was pouring it on. Burrow was slinging. The, the defense of the Steelers had no answer for him. The defense of the Steelers is not very good. And you want to talk about not very good. I mean, Big Ben. Oh, cool. here we go. Pile it on. I'm sorry. Like, everybody <laughs> has to. He's awful. He's absolutely awful. But that defense is much more concerning. It, they're, they're giving up points, and they're giving up points in bunches. Yeah, but it's, like, concerning for what? They, they're not going to do anything. They're They're done. I, I think it's concerning heading into the offseason, though, because yeah. if you're trying to get Aaron Rodgers, he's going to say, as much as I'd love to play here, why would I come play with a defense like this? Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Denver Bronco. It's entirely possible. They have the track record, right? 
They definitely do, or he may be... Are you be... making that proclamation right now? Yeah, I am. Okay. I've made two so far. You have. Will um, Adamas and Denver Broncos for... Well, Will Adamas, again, to reiterate, if Cashman's still listening, that's my Mendoza line, my Adamas right. line. Um, moving on to line. moving on to the next game. The Dolphins beat the Panthers in a meaningless game. Uh, Cam's back to normal. He cannot throw a football. Um, this Dolphins team doesn't... On certain weeks, they look pretty good, and Tua looked pretty good. Yeah, they're weird, aren't they? I mean, they everything's they weird. Been, I say this every week. I know, but they except for they the Patriots, are, they are one of those teams where the, I don't think even the thirty-three to ten win. I never looked at them as like super impressive, though. Like they kind of just do their jobs, and they kind of just find ways to win, and they eke out some wins, or they beat really bad teams, and. Before you know it, they've won a few games in a row, and they host my Giants this week, and they can go on a bit of a run here if they want with your Jets the following week. So for the Dolphins, good win. For two, a good win. And the Panthers, you guys are in quarterback hell right now. Um, Tom, one of the most definitive wins of the week. We know about the Patriots, as you just said. They killed the Titans. The Titans looked absolutely lost in this game, and the Patriots, we did both proclaim them as the best team in the uh, – in the NFL last week, and they did nothing to change that last week. Not at all. They looked incredible. Their running game looks great no matter who they stick out there. Stevenson, um, the guy at Alabama, what's-his-face, Harris. Um, Their defense is clicking on all cylinders. Mack is making plays. And, I mean, as a Titans Titans fan, I mean, are you even worried? You're 8-4. Next best team is the Colts at 6-6. I mean, you're getting in barring – a really bad collapse and there's enough bad teams that they're going to play over the next seven weeks. I don't have it out in front of me, but they should be winning plenty of games here. Um, my biggest concern for them obviously is how do they stack up against the class of the AFC? They're losing and in the so first round. So far, not very good. No. Um, non-playoff team against non-playoff team. Falcons beat the Jaguars 21 to 14. We don't bet on the Falcons. We don't go near them. Um, nope. Not much to say about this. Matt, Matt uh, Ryan just trying to say he has a little bit more life, although I don't know if I agree with it. Are you taking anything because low-key Trevor Lawrence has not been very good, and Fields has gone under some heat, Wilson's gone under some heat. Do you see anything with Lawrence that really concerns you, or is it just the fact that he has nothing to work with in a really embarrassingly bad coaching staff? The latter right there, man. Yeah. Nothing to work with, and that coaching staff sucks. The The coaching staff went out and said, yeah, we're going to get LaVisca Chenault involved in, ru- in in the run game and, and a little bit more involved in the passing game. I think he had zero targets and zero runs. <laughs> like, why are you fucking kidding me? Why would you even say that then? Oh, it's so bad. That's really fucking bad. Yeah, I, I'm with you too. I, I don't think it's much to read into, but – I don't think it should go so untalked about. I mean, listen, he's, for me personally, he's made an, obviously he's not going to win the rookie of the year, but he's made enough plays this year for me to, for me to see it. Sure. Yeah. I think that's been kind of the overwhelming consensus. I just, I I see it sometimes and I, I, I watch red zone and I see him have some really bad plays and I'm like, well, let's not act like he's completely, I think he's trying to, I don't think they're bad plays. Like, 
the scary thing is I think Zach Wilson's making a lot of bad plays because he's not ready. I think um, I think Lawrence is making more bad plays because he knows it's the wrong play, but he's trying to make a play. Sure. Yeah, and that, you know, obviously he has a long career ahead of him. Hopefully not too much of it with Jacksonville, but we'll, we'll have a lot of time to determine which is which. But I, I think, yeah, I'm not too worried about him. I just kind of wanted to get your thought on it. Um, Bucks beat the Colts. Brady leads another drive late, 38-31. I thought the Colts played really well, but they went away from Taylor late where I thought they could have killed time and, and kept Brady on the sideline. But instead, Brady did Brady things in Tampa Bay now couple wins in a row after that bad loss to um, to Washington. Yeah, huge win here to eke this one out. Tom did what Tom does. And Lambo Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, four touchdowns. I know. Hell Taylor game. five the week before, four and at four this week. I mean, this is where you watch the I just want to say right? I, traded, I traded for him in fantasy, and everybody said I lost that trade. Reigning champ, Greenwich Big Dogs, we're making a run. Dylan? I know you listen. You hear those fucking footsteps because now I'm stomping. That's the second week I've, in a row. I've gone from fucking, in the last three weeks, I've gone from, I believe, 10th place to third. Here come the big dogs. Um, and the Bucks. obviously, I mean, you watch a game like this with Tampa. Their defense still concerns me with some of their injuries, but you watch them in a the game like this, and I, yeah, that's a, it's a really tough team to beat. Tom, Denver got another one of their weird wins of the season. They waxed the Chargers 28-13, and I think it's official to say, did we hype up Herbert a little too much? I don't think we did just because I, I think Herbert's trying to for- – I-, I think he's doing what Trevor Lawrence is doing, um, and I think he's trying to force too much right now. There's a lot of plays last year where – he took the check down, and he took what was given to him. And this year, he's just trying to force the ball down the field too much. That's turned into a lot of incompletes and a lot of interceptions. And listen, I think the talent's there. I think, honestly, the only thing that scares me is that they've done a really good job protecting him this year, and he's still um, laid a couple eggs of recent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Slater, what a what a draft pick he was. Uh, he's going to be their left tackle for a long ass time, but mm-hmm. it's a concerning loss because you see Kansas City. I mean, they're on by. You have a chance to pick up a half game in the standings, and you you go out at home and lose a game like that. And Denver has had these weird wins. Bridgewater played well, and the defense was flying around. But you just can't. If you're a serious team, you just cannot lose a game in that fashion. No, um, and this team's not serious. That's the bottom line. Right. I think we're starting to see that. But as you said, this team, this season is so weird. This NFL is so strange that we never know. I mean, the Chargers could come out and whoever they're playing this week beat them by 30, and we could be like, well, that kind of makes sense. Herbert had a great week, and the defense played well. So you say that about a lot of teams. Uh, 49ers, they're on a bit of a run, but they lose Debo Samuel in this game. They Brain beat the injury. Vikings 34-26. And it helps when my former MVP candidate, Lines up behind the right guard. <laughs> Can't do that. The center's, uh, you know, a couple feet away. The gift that keeps on giving, man. Yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins riding high on, on a win against the Packers the week before, and then he goes out and does this. I mean, I understand that the Vikings lost Dalvin Cook, but they have a, probably the best backup in football in Madison. There's really not much of a downgrade there. Too many weapons to be losing to this, honestly, shit 49ers team. 
Yeah, and I don't really care about how they've been winning lately. Like, it doesn't matter to me. They're not very good. And with Samuel out, they're really not very good. Um, you can't go. <laughs> this is just Kirk Cousins in a nutshell. You get a great win. You go on the road against a team that has no home field advantage. I mean, I think as far as teams with the least home field advantage, it's the Jets and Giants, it's the Chargers, and it's probably the 49ers playing in that in Santa Clara. So just a really bad job by the Vikings, and, um, you know, they they make you excited. It would be tough to be a Viking fan. That's why we don't pick them anymore. Um, in the game of the weekend, the Packers beat the Rams 36-28. Stafford doesn't look right. That team is disjointed. There's no chemistry on that team, and Aaron Rodgers absolutely balled out. Yeah, and this is why super teams don't really work in the NFL. You got Von Miller, you got Jalen Ramsey, and 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 Donald on that lot on on that defense, and it doesn't matter. They get absolutely shredded by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, OBJ has a touchdown in this game, but like you said, Stafford does he looks either hurt or just well, he's really hurt or discomp. He's always hurt, by the way. Um, Elbow, back, finger, and I think they said his like knee's been barking too. Mm. Like basically his whole body. Yeah, I'm not surprised. After about week three, you could just I, I could just start the pod without any knowledge, saying, "Oh, Stafford's hurt." I, yeah, I, I don't. I, know. I could just guess every single time. Um, yeah, this Rams team is in a, a shit ton of trouble, and and they're pushing the. He's not. He's not running the the McVay offense either. I mean, seems like he's reverting back to his his old ways of coming out of the shotgun and slinging it deep, and that's not really what the Rams do. They they play a lot out of center, and they like to do a lot of bullshit before the snap. That seems to work, and Stafford just doesn't want to do that. And it's like, okay, so we're going to go back to the Lions days where you didn't win shit? It seems that that's kind of what they resigned themselves to. I mean, that's what McVay wanted. He didn't. I mean, let's not forget how good golf was a few years ago, but that was all set up because of the rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, when and they're not running the rock, really and they good, have good running backs. Yeah, they're not. I mean, it's obvious that they that's not what they want to do, and their run plays are those wide receiver screens. And, um, you know, to me, Tom, the biggest issue with them is their defense. Their defense can't stop anybody, and I know Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are – Absolute. I mean, it's the best combo right now. I think in the NFL. But did you see I what mean, when, uh, OBJ said? He wanted Devonte Adams jersey, and Adams said, "Go ask for Cooper Cup's jersey. You wanted to play with them instead of us." I or fucking some shit loved like it. that. I yeah, did too. I fucking loved it. It's it's a bad man comment. And uh, the Packers. I know they lost to the Vikings, but I both of us when we talked last week, we neither of us put a lot of stock into that game. Um, they look so good. Absolutely. Um, honestly, a competition between this next game and your Giants game for ugliest game <laughs> of the year. Uh, four interceptions, first time in a million years a quarterback's won with four interceptions. Ravens beat the Browns ten or sixteen to ten. Um, I know I understand Baker's hurt, but if he's that hurt that your team consistently recently is putting up. Uh, damn near single-digit points, then you need to bring in um, Case Keenum because I think he could do a much better job than this. And that would, this was – I don't know what their record is right now, but they were, they were a fringe playoff team before Baker went on this stink run. I totally agree. 
I mean, Case Keenum's the better option. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Let's and not talk I about think, Case Keenum like he's Joe Flacco here. I mean, the guy, didn't he just win a game recently? Case Keenum is a very competent backup and player in the NFL. I mean, is he any different than like a Tyrod Taylor or a Teddy Bridgewater even? Yeah. Uh, I Dude, don't the see guy it. got MVP votes a few years ago. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's. I think it's just a tough spot for Cleveland to be in because Baker is your franchise quarterback, at least for now. He says he's healthy. You have Chubb back. You think that you can formulate a game plan to score enough points, and you just can't. I mean, Baker can't do anything. And for Lamar, I mean... Browns are in last place in their division, by the way. Which is bad because... The Steelers are in it, and I yeah. feel like the Steelers have been losing left and right. But the Ravens and Lamar in this game, man, I mean, what the fuck? He has games where he's the most electric player in the NFL, and then he has games not quite like this bad, but where it looks like he has no idea what he's doing out there. It's weird. Yeah, it definitely is, and he's clearly regressed from earlier on in the year. Um, he's He's not as accurate as he was, and... I don't know. I think maybe he just needs to hit the reset button a little bit. I mean, there's no way Cleveland's defense was stymieing him that much. Yeah. No, no doubt. Um, moving on to the final. Ravens are still in first place. They're definitely a playoff team. Whether or not they oh, win yeah, is the question, kind of like the Titans. Um, they play a lot of close games, too, by the way, Yeah, the Ravens. Final game, Washington football team beats Russell Wilson and the Seahawks 17-15. to Another terrible game. Um, get DK Metcalf more involved, please. This is unbelievable. I just think that they're in quarterback hell. I mean, kind of like what I said about Baker. It's just obviously more glaring because Russ is Russ. But he came back from that finger surgery. I mean, a ruptured tendon in a finger and being back in five weeks or whatever it was, six weeks, it's just not supposed to happen, especially when it's your throwing finger, your pointer finger, and you're throwing – throwing arm and it's you got no shot to try to really throw the ball and drive the ball and then be able to make accurate passes in tight windows especially when it's chilly weather which is what they played in so but your alternative is geno smith tom that's that's the reality so if russ says he can play you're gonna have to ride with him their defense actually played okay in this game except for the fact that we got another evidence of why joe douglas should continue to say Jets GM even no matter how bad their record is because we had another incident where Jamal Adams did not even try to make a tackle to go line. Yeah, man. Uh, shortest prime ever. Jamal Adams. Two first-round picks for a safety. <laughs> Just unfucking real As for Washington, they're on a little bit of a roll, and they do have the makings of a team that you're not going to want to have to play in the postseason. I mean, we keep saying that was Tampa's you know, toughest opponent in the playoffs last year uh, in D.C. And Heineke keeps playing well and making enough plays. And that defense some, somehow, some way, has gotten better with the absence of Chase Young. Yeah, um, their defense is uh, stifling teams. But I don't think they're a playoff team. I think the Eagles have a better shot to make the playoffs, especially given their cool. schedule coming up. Yeah, well, Washington's last five games, Tom, are all division games. So the fate is in their hands if they want to make it. Very true. All right, you ready to recap some picks and make some picks? Oh, I'm ready. 
All right, Sean, I have our week, what was it, week 12? That's right. Week 12 picks right here. Uh, the both of us took Houston, wrong. The both of us took Philly, wrong. You took Baltimore, good job by you, minus three and a half. Win, you took Washington, basically in a pick em. Uh Good job by you. Win, I took Dallas, wrong, unbelievable. And I took Detroit as the sperm bank pick of the week. That's my singular win. I think this puts you up two games. Um in the standings, I'm not tallying it right now, but no, you're right because I was up one heading into week 12. So yep, so we got to make some picks here, baby. Let's do it. All Let's right, start with your Jets. My Jets are playing the Philadelphia Eagles this week at home. Philadelphia Eagles are six and a half point favorites. Honestly, I don't care who starts this game, Gardner Minshew or uh, Jalen Hurts. I like the Eagles this week by a touchdown. All right, we're going to disagree. I'm going to take the Jets. Um, the Jets being at MetLife for a second, or the Eagles playing at MetLife, rather, for a second straight week doesn't bother me. But, I mean, Tom, I can't shake how bad that offense and how bad Jalen Hurts was last week. I mean, it was abominable, and it's not like the Giants are good. The Jets' defense is actually pretty good. Can you trust Zach Wilson to make a few more plays? Six and a half is a pretty big number on the road. I'll take the Jets. I think Houston's just that bad that – they're, the Jets are going to have a tough time putting up points this week. Um, moving on to the next game, the New York Giants go down. The Jets could put up 14, and they would be just fine. Oh, well, <laughs> well the, we're going to have to see. The we're going to have to see because like hey, but a couple weeks ago the Eagles were scoring 30, 35. So we'll have to see. Um, Giants travel down to Miami this week. Miami is a three-point favorite. Um, I don't see any reason or any any way that the Giants cover this spread. I think Miami's got a good defense and they can put up points. Give me Miami minus three. Daniel Jones might not be playing. That with too. Next, with the next drain. Who's their so backup? It's Mike, Mike Lennon. So, mm. yeah, I think either way, if it's a compromised Jones with a neck injury, which is scary, or Mike Lennon, I'm taking the Dolphins. They've been playing well. Minus three, I'm going to grab that. Definitely. Um, Out-of-market games. First game I have is Arizona. They are playing. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Who are they playing this week, my friend? They're playing the Bears. Arizona plays Chicago. They are seven and a half point favorites. They got Kyler Murray coming back this week. They have a very, very good defense, even without J.J. Watt. Give me Arizona minus seven and a half. And your Bears keep on losing, bro. I took him too, uh, for all those reasons. And the Bears, I mean, they did not deserve to beat the Lions. I mean, they're really fucking bad. Cardinals are still a super good team with Kyler back. Yeah, it's an, it's an obvious pick in my opinion. Give me your final pick. Well, you hinted already in the pod that you were going to take this game. And for anybody that ever doubts that we don't talk to each other about our picks this is probably going to be evident because i'm going to monday night where the patriots visit the bills and the bills are a three-point favorite and i am grabbing the steaming hot new england patriots <laughs> uh on the road in buffalo i think it's they're playing twice in three weeks or something like that twice in three or four weeks um and the patriots i just don't see any sign of them stopping and not only that tom on the other side the bills have not beaten good teams not at all. All those reasons are why I'm making the New England Patriots plus three my sperm bank pick of the week this week. 
All right. So is this a first? Did we each pick? We were, I think we're all the way down the line together here. The yeah. only game we've picked every single game, and we're really only competing against each other um, in the, the Jets, Jets game. game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. That's boring. Well, this is going to be a boring week, <laughs> but I could bo- I could box you out though because you could only make up one game on me. Yeah. Or I could go up three on you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, anything else going on, buddy? That's pretty much it, man. Just uh, can't believe we're already in December. I'm all caught up on Curb, and um, I am not. It's 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 so it's so good. I'll get there. And uh, I checked out the uh, the Man in the Arena, the Brady show. It's pretty it's pretty good. I mean, it the interviews are good, and that's you would not like it as a Jets fan, but that is pretty solid. And, I watched yeah. Tom versus Time on Facebook. I'm sure I'll watch that. I appreciate greatness. I'm not a stupid fan. It's just a lot of like him and Patriot stuff more so than him. Mm. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost done with The Wire. Uh, it's actually coming down to The Wire. I'm almost done. I uh, hey, love that show. Finished up Big Mouth. That show is hilarious for a little comedic relief. Uh, that's pretty much it. I got to catch up on Succession, which you should probably watch. I got to catch up on um, on Yellowstone, which you should also probably watch. And then I got to catch up on Curb, so I got a lot of TV to watch. I need to watch both those shows. Uh, Always Sunny season fifteen is starting tonight, so uh, I'll definitely be watching that season because I've always I've been sticking with that show since it came out. So. Well, good to show you're committed to something. Well, that and Curb, yeah, I'm committed <laughs> to shows somehow. It's like the only comedy, watch huh? Shows, yeah, so it's amazing how the easy shows that aren't that long and are pretty mindless are uh, the ones I stick to. Interesting how Curb's on an hour this year. It's like 38 minutes. I know. Uh, Larry David's got that clout, huh? Yeah, but I don't think they need to fill any more time. It's like every episode is perfect. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, well, that's it, man. Um, you getting, I saw the weather up there. It's actually not looking too shabby. Are you going to get any golf in? I'm hoping so, but I'm not making the same mistake I did last week because I probably this day or, or last Tuesday I booked a tee time for Saturday because it said it was going to be 45 and sunny, and then we ended up playing. It was a pay in advance kind of thing, and we ended up playing in the snow. So I, I'm not trying to do yeah. that again. So I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until Friday to to book anything. That's a smart decision by you. Yeah, I saw there was a few days that are going to be in like the high 40s, low 50s. Like capitalize on that while you can. Yeah, I wish I wish I wasn't in Long Island right now and I didn't have to. Uh, I don't really wish I wasn't in Long Island because I'd love to play like Beth Page or something. But I wish I wasn't working because it's supposed to be in the 50s tomorrow. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, you're not there for leisure. We'll put it that way. Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. All right, Tom. Well, we covered all the bases, I think. Um, we can put a death nail in the uh, MLB offseason for now, and we can focus on basketball and football. And uh, way to bring it with college football today, man. Yeah, Thank it's you. Just passionate, exciting, riveting. Uh, as I said, I had a tear in my eye the whole time. I appreciate it. Uh, RIP to the baseball season, and let's see if I can stay awake next Monday. Yeah, that'd be nice. But uh, <laughs> either way, it's, it's for the best. You wouldn't have brought the heat like you did today. So everybody – Enjoy the pod. Uh, Enjoy Tom's passion with his new favorite sport. And we'll be back with next week. Later.